evening. Our top stories tonight, Antonio Gibson, the hype train is back on. Ron Rivera, praising Antonio Gibson, wants to get him more touches this season as he should. Love to hear that. Love to hear some of these rookie updates, all that, and much, much more on Player Profiler today. Oh, Antonio Gibson. He's here. He's back. Whatever you want to call it. Antonio Gibson, the hype train. Let's go. One of my guys here on playerprofiler.com. We all have three players that we have associated with us. Antonio Gibson, one of mine. And I've been telling you, he is going to thrive in the Jarek McKinnon role. The scat back, the satellite back, the third down back, the screen game back, whatever you want to call it. Antonio Gibson is the guy. We've seen year after year he has been used more in the receiving game, and it's been effective. He was basically a tight end slot receiver at Memphis, part-time running back. He had to learn how to play the position, and he did so pretty well, rushing for over 1,000 yards as a sophomore, going for over 1,300 yards from scrimmage in total. And then some injuries happen. Brian Robinson gets more involved and Antonio Gibson takes a step back. But make no mistake, in a more wide open offense, in a less archaic dinosaur offense, with Eric Bieniemy calling the shots, it's going to open things up. And we don't like to get into the coach worship. We don't like to overrate what coaches do. But... What Eric Bieniemy will do is call more spread plays. There will be more three wide receiver sets with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel all on the field together. There might be some more four wide receiver sets with Diami Brown on there too. They'll have Logan Thomas flexed out wide. They will run bunch sets with Logan Thomas by himself and other three wide receivers on the outside. The more spread out that the defense gets, the better it is for the running backs, the easier it is for them. And so that is the difference in a coach like Eric Bieniemy. It's not going to be the, the secret sauce that suddenly makes Sam Howell irrelevant. No, it's going to be less defenders in the box for Antonio Gibson to deal with, more space for him to work with, and that is only going to do good things before we get more in on Antonio Gibson, have to talk to our friends, the rival fantasy Podfather. Take it away. Oh, baseball season's heating up. It's all about baseball right now. You know, eh, baseball, baseball. Yeah, baseball is the most exploitable of the sports, especially on rival fantasy. Rivalfantasy.com. Go there now. They have the fantasy book where you can take over under a certain number of fantasy points, and they have challenges where you can take player X or player Y. I get great pleasure out of fading Mike Trout into oblivion. And then don't forget about fantasy bingo, where you can say, okay, I think Acuna's going to steal a base today. I think that Freddie Freeman's going to have two hits based on the matchup. The lefty-righty and the pitcher-quality matchups that you could exploit are unlike any other sport. Go to RivalFantasy.com, use the promo code PLAYER, they refund any losses up to 50 bucks. And they are a great supporter of Player Profiler. Everything we do, this show in particular, is only possible because of Rival. RivalFantasy.com. The promo code is PLAYER. We 
absolutely love rival fantasy they are great to us so go be good to them and be good to yourself to go win some money but back to antonio gibson the hype is at an all-time high he fits what eric Bieniemy wants to do with the offense and it's true he is comparable to joe mixon to jonathan taylor antonio gibson is a size speed specimen. I mean, look at him. The guy runs sub 4-3 at 228 pounds. Do you know how many running backs have done that in recent memory? We have two. We have two running backs that have run under a 4-4 at above 220 pounds in recent memory. One was Antonio Gibson. The other was Jonathan Taylor. Or no, the other was Brees Hall, I believe. Jonathan Taylor didn't even crack 4-3, did he? Now I'm blanking. Maybe there's three. But either way, it is a short, short list. Kenneth Walker's too small to make that list. Saquon Barkley didn't crack 4-3. Antonio Gibson, size, speed, specimen, increasing totals in the receiving game year after year after year. The efficiency has gone up as well. He goes Sorry, the efficiency in yards per carry has gone down, but the efficiency in the receiving game has gone up over a 1,000 yards as a sophomore. Antonio Gibson is officially good. We know this. And now he gets to play in an offense that is suited to his strengths. He gets to be the Jarek McKinnon and the Isaiah Pacheco. Okay, because Brian Robinson, he's not as explosive as Isaiah Pacheco. He's not as bursty, not as fast as Isaiah Pacheco. No, Antonio Gibson is an as an archetype comparable to McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, whereas Brian Robinson, he's still just a guy. Chris Rodriguez, just a guy. And with that, hopefully Antonio Gibson se- separates himself a little bit. He's not going to be a bell cow. We know this. He's not going to rush for a thousand yards. We know this, but Antonio Gibson, more work in the receiving game, Only good things to come. Sam Howell is going to be checking it down to Antonio Gibson. Cannot wait to see it. And speaking of receiving backs, running backs that are going to be getting work in the passing game, Tajay Spears. Tajay Spears says that he is healthy, that he did everything this offseason, that he is perfectly fine. Now, you may remember Tajay Spears. The report came out from Ian Rappaport that he is playing without an ACL and you wonder how that works well didn't he get an ACL repair so how does he not have an ACL if he got it repaired reached out to some friends in the medical community and what we believe or what is most likely to happen is yeah they repaired it but it failed there are a certain number of surgeries that fail between 76 and 97 percent of surgeries are a go but that leaves anywhere from 4 to 24% of surgeries that fail. And so that is possibly what happened with Tajay Spears, playing without an ACL, but Odell Beckham Jr. did it too for a period of time. It was always a risk. We always Teams always knew that Odell's knee was going to give out at some point. It did in the Super Bowl, but we'll see what happens with Tajay Spears. When asked about it, nah. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I'm 100%. I'm full go. Tajay Spears believes in himself. And so we must necessarily believe in him, I suppose. 
We also saw some glimpses of the Seattle Seahawks running backs. Forgot to get the video pulled up. My apologies. But of course, it's pass catching. And this is what's going to make the internet go crazy. Zach Charbonnet making big catches at number 28. Uh, Kenny McIntosh, number 25, the former Travis Homer jersey. It's just too nail on the head, isn't it, that Kenny McIntosh is getting Travis Homer's number? That Kenny McIntosh is going to see the field too much like Travis Homer? It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be a headache, but Ken Walker is still the number one in this backfield, unquestionably. And Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is unquestionably the number one running back for the Atlanta Falcons. But oh boy, did we trigger some people today on the Twitters. On an injury, said on the decision point that Bijan Robinson, even if he reaches Derrick Henry levels, you will be questioning whether he gets a second contract. Because that's how running back works. Look at Saquon Barkley. We'll get to him in a minute, but questioning whether he gets a second contract happens with all these running backs. Do you give them a second contract, even if they are elite with Bijan Robinson? You'll wonder that no matter how good he is, you will wonder what is the second contract worth? Do we give it to him? And then on and followed it up by saying that even if Bijan Robinson is a hall of famer, this is a mistake as a pick. And ho, 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 boy, did Falcons Twitter erupt upon hearing that. Oh, well, he's a Hall of Famer. That, that's You have to draft a Hall of Famer. You just have to. I mean, look at all the busts at all these other positions. The point of the NFL draft is not to draft good players. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it's not. The point of the NFL draft is to build a championship roster. It is not to acquire individual good players. It is about building an entire roster and multiple positions in a way that can win a Super Bowl. And so the natural responses that we get, oh, well, I'm sure the Vikings don't regret drafting Adrian Peterson. I'm sure the Chargers don't regret drafting LaDainian Tomlinson. And I'm sure they don't. They're Hall of Famers objectively phenomenal football players. How many championships were won with LaDainian Tomlinson? How many championships were won with Adrian Peterson? Yeah, it's a different NFL than the days of the bell cow back. Even in the early 2000s, even with Tomlinson, even with Adrian Peterson, different NFL, you win differently. It's all about the passing game. That is why the New England Patriots won so many times because they had Tom Brady this is why the Chiefs will win so many times because they have Patrick Mahomes. So Bijan Robinson, love the player. He will be phenomenal. He will earn every penny that he gets. I'm glad that he's getting over $20 million. He deserves it. He is a star in the making. But with the goal in mind of building a championship roster, you do not draft a Hall of Fame running back at 108 because it's not about the individual player. It's about the championship. And if you want to win more championships, you need the rookie guide from Cody Carpentier. Podfather, take it away. Oh, I'm wearing Cody's hat in honor of Cody Carpentier. He has finished the rookie guide. 
It is a masterpiece. The best rookie guide you will read that combines both real NFL draft analysis and fantasy analysis. This guy goes deep. I mean, do you know who Tyon Evans is? This man wrote up and ranked 40 running backs, 40 wide receivers, 15 quarterbacks, and 23 tight ends. 23 tight ends? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We've got fantasy rookie draft cheat sheets for super flex and single quarterback to go along with these write-ups that include analytics player comps and play style player comps. All the stats you need, the analysis you need to understand what kind of impact these guys are going to have in the NFL and for your fantasy team. So go to playerprofiler.com, go to any player page, go to the NFL draft section and click the button to get the rookie guide. It's just 10 bucks. That's it. That's all. It's not the most expensive, but it is the best. It sure is the best. And speaking of the best, Saquon Barkley is one of the best running backs in the NFL. He is a physical specimen. But as we mentioned, the Giants are haggling over whether or not to give him a second contract and what that is worth. Because Saquon Barkley has turned down a $14 million a year season, or sorry, a $14 million a season deal. But that was up to $14 million. So we don't know what the guaranteed was. We don't know what the base salary was, just that it was up to $14 million. But Saquon Barkley rightfully believes he is worth $16 million a year because that's what Christian McCaffrey makes, and that is what the market is. And so the Giants are telling Saquon, hey, We don't want to pay you market price. And I can't blame the Giants for that at all. But I can't blame Saquon Barkley for holding out saying, this is what I'm worth. I'm not signing a contract worth less than this. And this $10 million franchise tag is disrespectful to me. I'm worth more than that. So we're still at a crossroads. We are still at a standstill. And it doesn't look like it's ending anytime soon. David versus Goliath. Saquon Barkley versus the NFL. I guess it's not quite that big, but the NFL is Goliath. Saquon just a little bit more power than David. I I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Saquon Barkley versus the New York Giants. We saw this song and dance with Lamar Jackson, but he's a quarterback running back significantly less leverage. We'll see when and if Saquon Barkley signs his franchise tag, but until he does, he isn't allowed at Giants training camp. Not allowed at organized team activities. He is just not allowed in the building, working out by himself. That is the only way you can hold out in the NFL right now is if you are franchise tagged and don't sign it, you are not allowed with the team because you're not under contract. So Saquon Barkley, he is mini holdout and it's not going well. No contract in sight. And no contract in sight for Quinnen Williams either. The New York Jets nose tackle out of Alabama. The hilarious, just great interview. Quinnen Williams, one of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. He is unhappy with how negotiations are going. He wants his new deal. He wants more than Jeffrey Simmons. He wants more than Dexter Lawrence. And I can't say I blame him. He was indeed the third overall pick. And he has lived up to that hype. So I understand asking for a contract in excess of those two. Obviously, he's not going to reach Aaron Donald heights, but Aaron Donald is the highest paid defensive player in the NFL period. But Quinn and Williams is unhappy. 
doesn't know where his contract's coming from. The framework is there, but is it going to be from the New York Jets? Because Quinnen Williams has updated his bio on Twitter. And I know, don't we love these stories? The bio updates, the deleted the pictures on Instagram. But we got to talk about it. Quinnen Williams, his bio now says defensive tackle four. Dot, 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 dot. Quinnen Williams could be on the move. The Vikings have been clearing up cap space. And I know I say this with every move. And that's because Vikings Twitter is just so optimistic that they'll make an actual move. I don't think it's happening. I think the Vikings are taking a reset year. But Quinnen Williams, could he have asked for a trade? Could he be on his way out of New York? We will keep you updated on that. And we'll keep you updated on Matt Ryan. So Carson Wentz is looking to come back. He's probably going to be a backup, but he still wants to be in the NFL. And it sounds like it's going to happen. Matt Ryan is not retiring. He still wants to be in the NFL, but teams have not come a calling. And now he is signed with CBS. And we knew this was coming. We saw him during the playoffs in the newsroom. So this is not a surprise to anyone, but I think this really is it. Unless there's an injury and some team, maybe the 49ers comes a call into Matt Ryan. Unless that happens, I think this is the end of the road for Matt Ryan. He will transition into TV. We already know he's pretty good at it. I did enjoy his little appearance on the pregame show. So best of luck to Matt Ryan. But while he says this isn't a retirement, I believe this is the end of the road. James Washington, on the other hand, he will continue his NFL career. Didn't work out with the Dallas Cowboys. Got injured. I can't remember if it was a high ankle sprain or what it was, but... Injured in training camp, missed a long portion of the season, didn't really catch on when he came back. Now James Washington has signed with the New Orleans Saints. He will compete with Brian Edwards, with A.T. Perry, with Shaquan Davis for an outside role with the Dallas Cowboys, or not with the Dallas Cowboys, with the New Orleans Saints. We'll see. This is a quality signing, former second round pick. I know it didn't work out with the Dallas Cowboys, but that was more injury based than anything. He was serviceable with the Pittsburgh Steelers and with the Saints. Hopefully, if things work out with Michael Thomas, hopefully James Washington will be wide receiver four at best, wide receiver five, six at worst, or maybe he doesn't make the roster. Because right now, Olave is the wide receiver one. He's that stretch Z, stretch Z. Michael Thomas, he is the X. And Rashid Shahid, he's playing in the slot. He can be a gadget player as well. He can be a Z and a stretch player as well. James Washington, he can compete behind those three. Fine signing. Our final piece of news, though, much like Javante Williams, Brees Hall. We get a quote on Brees Hall. Hopefully that there is a possibility he's ready for week one. Hopeful that there could be a possibility for week one. That does not sound too confident for me. I know Brees Hall, it was a better, cleaner ACL tear than Javante Williams. I know things are progressing well, apparently, for both Javante Williams and Brees Hall, but hopeful that there could be a possibility that Brees Hall plays week one does not instill me with any confidence. Brees Hall, like Javante Williams, he's going to miss the start of the year.